Hello everyone, this is Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, welcoming you to a Long Box Crusade Elseworlds episode. a Long Box Crusade Elseworlds, you might ask? Well, some of your favorite Long Box Crusade members have done some work over on some other podcast networks that you may or may not be familiar with. So from time to time, we will grab a show from the past that one or all of us has done on one of those other networks, and we'll play it for you here. Whether it's a James Bond rookie agent show from On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast Network, or a Comics with Normies from White Rocket Entertainment Network, or some other bit of alternate dimension craziness, we hope that you enjoy this presentation of Longbox Crusade Elseworlds. Hi, this is Trina Parks. I'm Thumper from Diamonds Are Forever, and you are listening to On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Walk. He acts while other men just talk. He looks at this world and wants it all. So he strikes like thunder. Hello and welcome back to On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, brought to you by our fine Patreon sponsors and White Rocket Entertainment. I'm your host for this program, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, sometimes known as Death Probe. And joining me as veteran Bondophile co-host is my brother, Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrecht. Welcome back to the show, Jason. Good to be here. Good to be back from Station I in Iceland. That's right. Jason just got back from a trip to Iceland. And Jason, did you do any Bond-related things while you were there? Well, you know, I might have got out and done the one or two things. Uh, the big one was going down to the Glacier Bay, where they filmed the opening scene for A View to a Kill. For those of you who remember the famous, uh, the, the, what's that called? Not skiing, but the... Well, it's kind of early snowboarding. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's start off with skiing, and then it became quasi snowboarding. Yeah, they know what you. The Bond people know what you're talking. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then he gets down there to the glacier. The helicopter comes in, starts shooting him. He fires the flare gun. Cover your ears for you uh, rookie agents. There (laughs) takes out takes out the helicopter, and then escapes in his very own glacier disguised. Uh, submarine. So I was there where they they actually did the ski scenes in uh, I think Switzerland, either Austria or Switzerland. But the scene with the helicopter and the escape uh, into the glacier bay was filmed uh, there on location in Iceland, and it's a very beautiful location. Looks a little different from things have changed a little bit since 1985, but it's it's really cool. You can see the glacier as it melts. There's chunks of it that goes you know through the bay out into the ocean, and then there's there's a bunch of like glacier fragments that line up on the beach, and it's really beautiful as the sun hits it. And uh, I'll post some pictures on my uh, Weasel Skull moniker oh. there on Twitter. So 
We'll retweet them on the. Uh, we'll retweet them on our our Twitter for sure. Uh, with the melted ice, did it make it easier to find 003's dead body? Or <laughs> <laughs> you know, I looked around and looked around. I couldn't find it. I could have sworn I swam out to the one the iceberg that I could have sworn was the submarine. <laughs> the submarine was not. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I found was hypothermia. <laughs> but it was it was cool. It was uh, it was more than cool. It was cold out there. <laughs> it was a uh, the temperature wasn't too cold. I think it was probably in the high 30s, but uh, uh, that wind on there and just coming off of that that bay, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's uh, what the French call Le Weenie Shrinker. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of this. Well, awesome, man, and and uh, we need to keep our ear to the ground when any any of us uh, go vacationing and and talk about some of the cool places uh, that we've been to. I've, I, thinking back on, it, I've actually been to a lot of Bond locations, and as we hit those in the movies, I'll try to bring them up, and that'll be fun for for well, me and Jason, Pat and Delvin probably don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just last year I went to the. Um, Day of the Dead parade in Mexico City and went to the Zocala where they filmed the opening scene for Spectre and that was really cool. Nice. And uh, so next year our plan is to go to Key West and we're going to go to the Hemingway House uh, yeah, a la License to Kill. So. Yeah. yeah, I've done Hemingway House that's for sure. I think my most recent one was probably actually Nassau which is interesting because we're about to talk about Thunderball. I've been to some of the Thunderball locations but anyways... Let's move on. So what is this? This is the fourth episode of our ongoing series uh, on this channel. And, of course, this name of the show is MI6 Rookie Agents. And on Rookie Agents, Jason and I are taking two friends in our lives who are not very familiar with the 007 universe through the entire James Bond series of films one movie at a time to get a newcomer's point of view on the film series that we love so much here at On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. So let's welcome our rookie agents to the show. They've been sitting quietly as we've rambled on about places that we've been. So welcome back to the show, Delvin, the Dark Web, a.k.a. Felix Leiter Williams. It is great to be back. And guys, I was told by the studio that I had to come up with an idea um, that was... um, not copyright infringement. And they gave me a suggestion of using Bond throwback movies because everybody likes a throwback, especially nowadays for whatever reason. And so the idea that I came up with was a shrewd villainess uh, who uh, had an affinity for silver, so much so that she had both of her hands amputated and had silver amputated onto her hands. So Felix Leiter is going to be going up against Agatha Silverhands in the aptly titled Silverhands. Silverhands! <laughs> <laughs> He's been Boy. waiting all week to stitch that together, folks. No, this has been that that <laughs> was a lot of shoe leather for that job. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I know I'm looking forward to Silver Hands. She's the girl with the silver <laughs> touch. <laughs> Starring our own Delve of the Dark Web Williams as Felix Leiter in his own spinoff series. All right. Pat, dare I challenge you to make some sort of comment. Welcome to the show. To What about Thunderball Breaker? <laughs> <laughs> Pat, Pat, we can't even welcome you to the show without you getting interrupted. That's how oh, bad it is. Welcome back. Pat uh, DJ Cristados Samson. Oh, thank you for having me back. I'm happy to be here. Longtime listener of you and Jason's rambling on about 
stuff where I've been. Oh, look at me. I'm James Bond fan. I went to see James Bond here. I went to see James Bond there. This is spot on. You know what? I went to my own Iceland, too, up where I live. I got snow. I got. I stood on a big hill that was all the snow was piled up on. All right. Yeah. All right. This is what I made my driveway. own James Bond. This is what yeah. we need to do. We need to put a pin in where Pat lives up there in Wisconsin and then find out what's the closest bond shooting location to where Pat lives. I'm thinking it's, it's probably, probably in Canada, maybe. I know he I went to know. Canada. Did he go to Canada? I, th- I know he went to Canada in uh, at the end of Quantum of Solace. I don't know if it was filmed there, but that's where he went. I'm pretty sure. Ah, okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. But, one. I mean, Canada's huge, so that's not a given. Yeah, because I was thinking, I was thinking Fort Knox would Fort Knox would, maybe our maybe I, yeah. might be the closest one. I don't. We'll have to look into. Well, somebody see. Otherwise, like I said, I have my own locations up here that I pretend <laughs> are the the major locations of the Bond. Oh, films. Okay, I, I make my own locations. I like that. They may not be perfect, but they work for me. <laughs> we, we're looking. We're looking for cheap places. You know, to oh, well, yeah, Delvin, if you're looking for places for your... <laughs> Silver hands! <laughs> oh, we're going to have to put with silver hands for a whole episode. She's a lady with a silver touch. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. And, 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 hopefully- and she blocks like thunderbolt breaker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we're doing a show. Anyway, welcome to the show, fellas. Elvin and Pat, my brother Jason. Okay, we're planning on releasing the show monthly as a companion to the show that Van Allen Plexico and Alan Porter are doing. They're currently doing one 007 film per month as we build towards the series release date of Bond 25 in 2019. And this show is going to do the same. We're just going to be getting a fresh look at the 007 series through the eyes of our newcomers. So if you want a more in-depth and academic look into the film series, complete with a host that has an actual British accent... Definitely stay stay tuned to and subscribe to On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. You'll get Van and Alan's show, or the show where Van, John Ringer, and I are doing the World Cup of James Bond, amongst other fun Bondian things that we have planned. Basically, On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast is your channel for 360 degrees of Bond, so let's get to today's film, Thunderball. But before we get our mission brief from Agent Jason, he's going to jump right into the action with no parachute in a segment called What Makes You Say That? I'm now aiming precisely at your groin, says speak over of a hold your peace. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. All so right. Yeah. This is how what makes you say that works. If, you, if you're out there listening to the show, you probably listen to James Bond Radio. And if you don't, you should. Uh, in just about every episode of James Bond Radio, there are two hosts. One of them will give, give the other one a line from a Bond movie. And the other guy has to remember what the next line is. In fact, theirs is called What's the Next Line? We just really stole that. We're doing it in reverse. I give Jason a line, and he tells me the line that led to that line. If it doesn't make any sense right now, it will in a second, because I always start Jason off with an easy one. So you'll get a feel for it with an easy one, and then I'm going to give him his harder one. So, Agent Jason, are you prepared? Standing by. Standing Standing by. by. All right. Here is your easy one to kick it off. All right. Here we go. Wait until you get to my teeth. What sharp eyes you have. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Well done. Okay. Here's your more challenging one, okay? You ready for that? I'm ready. I'm ready. I think I had a hat when I came in. And uh, thank you, Miss Moneypenny, not to refer to me as old man. Everybody give it up for Jason. (laughs) Nicely done. 
Nicely done. Jason, you are killing this. Two episodes in a row without hesitation, without needing a hint. I got to make these harder. Although I know the first one's supposed to be. Oh, so uh, you know, this, this is this is my Thunderball's my jam. You you know, I, I love Thunderball. This is one that's close to my heart. Yeah, this is this is my wheelhouse right here. <laughs> well, you you killed it. And I actually love that part of the movie, by the way, when it's the first time that Bond's ever been like, I got to get the hell out of here. You know? <laughs> I think I had a hat when I came in. I, mean, I was <laughs> trying to escape the room. Uh, but anyway, well done, Jason. You're. You're, you're killing it. This I got to crank up the difficulty, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, Jason Jason was put on the spot, and he just blew it up. Like, two yeah. episodes in a row, he's just hit home runs. I'm, I'm impressed, and I'm proud to call him my I, brother. You know what? I think next time, it, the role should be revor- reversed, and Jason should be asking you. We oh. can do that. I told Jason if he wanted to bring bring any to throw back at me, he could. Uh, okay. But, uh, he's, he's opted out of that, apparently, so far, which is fine uh, with me because it takes the pressure. Right. Right? Well done, Jason. And speaking of Jason, Agent Jason, please give us the quick mission briefing on Thunderball. And what an operator he is in Ian Fleming's Thunderbolt. Have you seen everything you came to see? Go back to your friends and report. Tell them the little fish I throw back into the sea. Thunderbolt stars Claudine Auger. Young, beautiful, trapped. Could be dangerous. What sharp little eyes you've got. Wait till you get to my teeth. Adolfo Celli, smooth, silent. Spectre's agent of death. Luciana Paluzzi, lovely to look at, murderous to know. Friends of yours, no doubt. Come in. 007, danger sign for the world's most famous gentleman agent with a license to kill and license to thrill. 007, guarantee sign of prompt delivery, night and day service. Ravishing redheads. Bronze brunettes. Honey blondes. The Bond Women 007 style.
mark of today's greatest entertainment. Uh, before we kick off my synopsis here, I just want to kind of reiterate what Jared said. My synopsis is going to be real high level, real quick. If you want to hear more in depth, uh, definitely listen to our uh, our sister pro- podcast here and Alan J. Porter. Uh, I, I've seen each of these Bond films probably you know close to 20 times a piece and every time i listen to that show i learn something more Mm -hmm. that guy yeah that guy's forgotten more about bond i think than i'll I'll ever know so uh whether you've watched the series before you want an in-depth uh play-by-play of what what happens um you know that's a good show to tune tune into so i'm just going to give you a real high level one here and away we go So, Sean Connery and director Terrence Young, they're going to reunite for this uh, thrilling fourth installment in the 007 franchise. And the plot goes something like this. When Spectre steals two atomic bombs from the British Air Force, it's all 00 hands on deck to find those weapons of mass destruction before either paying Spectre 100 million pounds sterling or facing nuclear Armageddon. Bond is sent to Nassau in order to follow up some clues that put him on the trail of the mysterious and dangerous Emilio Largo and his beautiful girlfriend, Domino. As Bond digs for clues, the danger gets more intense as the intrepid double O is hounded by thugs, sharks, and gorgeous femme fatale, Fiona Volpe. The action culminates in a climatic battle under the sea as Spectre versus Bond, Felix Leiter, and an army of scuba diving soldiers. Bond and his buddies defeat the villainous Spectre thugs in a savage underwater duel that juxtaposes brutal violence with gorgeous underwater cinematography and John Barry's amazing music. As Largo tries to make his escape on a heavily armed hydrofoil, he discovers that James Bond can't be shaken once he's stirred. Bond fights Largo and his crew in vicious hand-to-hand combat as a hydrofoil veers out of control. Just as it seems Largo has a drop on 007, the villain is impaled by a spear from a spear gun held by none other than Domino. Bond and Domino barely escape the hydrofoil before it explodes upon the rocks, and 007 once again foils Spectre's evil plot. After the phenomenal success of Goldfinger, the pressure was on for the Bond family to create a massive success. So with an action-packed pre-credit sequence, lavish sets, stunning underwater action, and cinematography, Thunderball more than delivered. It raked in more than $140 million in Europe and the U.S., and Thunderball took the James Bond movies from a successful movie series to a global phenomenon. The cast included, of course, Sean Connery as James Bond. Domino was played by Claudine Auger. Largo was played by Adolfo Celi. Fiona Volpe was played by Luciana Paluzzi. Uh, in Return, uh, played by Bernard Lee. A Q, a course played by Desmond Llewellyn. And Money Penny returned, played by Lois Maxwell. And directed, uh, once again, by Terrence Young. Back to you, Jared. Ooh, thank you for that, Agent Jason. And now let's find out what our rookie agents thought about this one in a segment called Declassified. Do you expect me to talk? All right. I believe Pat went first last episode for Goldfinger, so we're going to let Delvin kick it off with his highs, his lows, his questions, his comments, his criticisms. I'm sure we'll barge in and interrupt him at any given moment when we find something to riff on. But Delvin, the floor is yours, sir. What did you think of Thunderball? Okay. Um, Wrong. Okay, Pat. All right, yes. (laughs) 
Go ahead, Del. Um, ah. <laughs> Dang, that's a record. I blew it right away. You know, try. Well, I, I'll, I'll talk about just like you know a little bit of the movie, and, and I'll get into my overall thoughts uh, about Thunderball. I, I think. Actually, I'll just get into my thoughts. I, I think overall, the movie tried a lot of things. It was really ambitious. And I can't fault the movie for trying to be ambitious. Like that underwater, like any of the underwater scenes, that was ambitious. Stealing two nuclear weapons and all that. The, I thought the plot and the storyline was okay. But overall, it, it, for some reason, between what was a very good story and how it was delivered, for some reason, it didn't fully connect with me. And, and I don't know, maybe it was at the time I was watching, I was a little tired or, or something, but there were just like critical details that I seemed to miss. Uh, I did. I had no idea uh, why Bond was at that resort to start with. So can guys, can you help me out with that? Yes. Uh, Jason, you want to take it? I talk a lot on this show. Well, I, and I'm thinking back to... Um to the books and to the sister movie, Never Say Never Again. And I think that kind of Never Say Never Again kind of covers it a little bit better. But basically, he was there to convalesce after uh, getting kind of banged up and bruised up uh, in his previous uh, assignment and tried to get back into fighting shape, so to speak. Unless okay. I'm totally wrong, in which, which no, case no, Jared that's will, how I understood right. it too. That he was uh, he was on like it was kind of like R and R, but it was like forced R and R, like you have to go to this clinic and you know physical therapy and that kind of stuff. Okay, okay, gotcha. Let me rewind a little bit. Miranda was uh, with me for about the first half or so of the movie, and she watched the opening credits. And I mean, within a few bars, she knew immediately. She was like, "That's Tom Jones." Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't fully recognize that it was Tom Jones, but you know, it's not unusual for me not to do. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't feel bad at this point. I don't. I'm very shameless. Silver hands. Um, <laughs> Oh my goodness! Here so, we go. so conti- continuing um, things that I found funny that that whole scene about being on the rack that was so unintentionally funny that I like, don't know. I think there was some intention there. I, I just like I, I'm help, go- help. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stay above board on this. I'm just saying that it it was not the most <clears throat> heterosexual moment for james bond yes that's a good way of putting it just it it looked like there could have been other things going on i'm gonna move on um (laughs) he died with a smile on his face (laughs) (laughs) i just i just i it it, it came across as hilarious let's see i i I asked about the uh, vacation part of it see i didn't think he was on vacation i thought like he was stationed there kind of and then like i said it's like a forced rehab thing like there uh, when when i deployed 10 plus years ago like since you know i didn't i didn't see active combat and you know what hand to god thanks for that if i had though they have an op there's an option for you to like go some other place for like a week to kind of completely de-stress and unwind uh before you go back to normal life so that's kind of what i equated it to or now can equate it to i just found it odd that then if that was the choice why was he you know watching for that count loopy or lippy or whatever i think he just came across his radar he saw the he saw the tong sign tattoo and thought eh 
let me call the office and see what's up with this guy. All right. He's a busy Mind your business, was, 007. I think it was a little deus machina there, but uh, kind of like having he's doing a, it again. <laughs> kind of like having a jetpack, you know, conveniently we'll, we'll, ready we'll, for your skin. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to there. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm with you on that, that way. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Um, I, th- I thought the initial um, water action. And, and I'm going to mention this again, but I thought, it, you know, it was, it was brave and the very first water action was brave and, and surprisingly good. Uh, it's hard to tell a story without monologue. Well, you know, I, I guess <laughs> to use, you know, Jason's uh, very favorite phrase, you know, it's Pope in the pool. Right. And in this case, literally in, you know, a body of water where you know they just had actions defining what the characters are doing. And that's that's tough. That's really, really, really tough. And they initially, I thought they pulled it off pretty good. I actually wrote down the words. So the whole plot so far, kidnap, replace the pilot to steal a plane, use the nukes on the plane for ransom for $100 million, excuse me, 100 million pounds sterling. It took about 40 minutes plus to reveal that. And I'm telling you, before that, I was like, what the hell is going on? I don't know. I felt completely like I, I don't know what's going on. I didn't know why he was in the resort. I, I didn't like the resort kind of fell into what turned out to be a ridiculously important mission. And again, you know, it was just kind of one of those things that happened. But it was like 40 minutes in where the plot was revealed. And that's a decent portion into uh, a film that I mean, it's it's it is brave and bold for, you know, Bond to do that. And at that point, you know, they had the benefit of the doubt of doing that. But I just thought that that was a really long time to uh, establish a plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I, I wrote just a little bit later. I just put I'm slow and confused. <laughs> I'm slow and confused and scared. It feels like I haven't followed the action well for some reason. And, and I don't know, like the movie at points just seemed to kind of drag. A little bit. And I don't know what it was, but I just I didn't just feel like I was uh, connecting. Later on, there was more water action. There was a ton of water action. It's like they had a really good idea and they kept, no pun intended, going to the well. (laughs) (laughs) And they they kept using water action and it got to a point for me, it was a, a bit hard to follow. At this point, I got he was spying. He got his picks. He fought off a guy and he and I didn't quite see how he escaped. So I could use some help uh, from my senior agents to tell me how did Bond escape when he went on that spy mission? Frankly, he just swam away. Did he get? He, he, he faked he, like uh, he like he sent something up to the top, so they thought that they got him. The air tank. Yeah, 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 he yeah took something air, like that. Yeah, he took the air tank off and then used his underwater rebreather. Breather. To, yeah, yeah, there you go. So basically, okay. tricked him into thinking that they got him, but he swam away. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it occurred to me after watching like several more minutes of the movie that I actually did not pick up that they were in the Bahamas. And I, I promise you, I'm sitting there paying, you know, full attention to the movie. I'm like, oh, they're in the Bahamas. Oh, OK. I found that out later. I really did. Someone wasn't paying attention during the when he went to go see him. Yeah. yeah. This M could cost you the trivia round. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> M might have some words for it. I hey, you know, had it, when I came in. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, throw a, a fellow rookie agent a bone and give him. Oh, it's starting already. <laughs> uh, so the line that James Bond used for the Spectre agent, the Spectre female agent, the redhead. Fiona Volpe. 
Yeah, that he said that the what he did was for free for, for Queen and Country. country. Like, ooh, ooh. That's they were nice. like going at each other. Like she was not taking his crap. <laughs> he was taking her crap. And that was. That, I, I'm like, I mean, like, you can't, you can't really. You, well, you know what? It would kind of be funny if you know you're a single guy or whatever, and you, you or or if you're a married guy, and you got caught. It was like, no, no, honey, it was for Queen and Country. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, for, it doesn't work. <laughs> no, I, and I, I dotted wood. I thought it was cool that Bond got shot. Um, yeah, good catch. And good catch. and he, it was pretty good acting on Connery's part to sell that that um, injury. It was a flesh wound, but I mean, he, it looked like he got caught around like the Achilles tendon or something. So you know that was good. It was funny uh, when he finally. I uh, think it was. The female you just said who got when he when he when she got shot. Yeah, on a Volpe. On a yes. Volpe. Yep, he used her as a shield. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> it just said, yeah, she needs to sit down. She's just dead. She's like, just dead. <laughs> waka that, waka double oh seven. Yeah. Let's see. I thought that it was you know I mean they I think they'd already done a good job revealing that number two. Uh, was a pretty, you know, I mean, he, you know, it was a bad guy and stuff. And then they definitely went over the top where he basically raped Domino. And I'm yeah, like, that was it. That was it. huh? That was Icky, yeah. Oh, Icky. it was not Domino. No, it was. No, no, that was oh, Domino. Oh. He said yeah, that was sorry. yucky. Like, was that was gross. Yeah, I just, I was like, ooh. Yeah. 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 Was, yeah, nobody likes that. Yeah. Now, even like his own henchman, that dude, that like scientist dude was like, hmm. No. He's like, yeah. yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And let's see. And I'm pretty much wrapped up. I thought the movie. I thought the movie wrapped up really, really suddenly. Like, I mean, all this because I was kind of like, I knew it was drawing to a close, and I thought it was going to come to a more definitive conclusion. And all of a sudden, you know, Bond and Domino were flying away. I was like, wait, huh? What movie over? So overall, I, I thought that. The movie, like the water stuff, it was it was adventurous for them to even try it. There is no way back in 65 that many people were even attempting anything like that. And so for that, I give it a ton of credits. I did I, a ton of credit. I just didn't think it landed every time because it kind of like if you're going to have your climatic scene be in the water, it's kind of hard to have that fast motion and the fighting going on. And so it, it kind of bogged down the action. It, it, it definitely tried on a lot of things. It was a good script. I can tell that it was a very good story. I just thought it fell a little flat, if, if I'm making any sense. Oh, it, make, it makes sense. I feel, you, I feel yeah. you on that. I do want to point out that you did catch something that important, though. You said back at this time, you know, it seemed adventurous and maybe not a lot of people are doing it. Uh, it did pay off, gentlemen. I'm sure Jason knows this. At the Academy Awards. This is your first Academy Award winning James Bond film. And it won for Best Special Effects because no one had really done underwater stuff like that before. Yeah. Oh, um, I did a little bit of reading about uh, Bond and the Sharks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. What would you find uh, out? Sharks. There's some interesting stuff there. I'm interested to see what you found out. He likes sharks as much as he liked tarantulas. <laughs> <laughs> so that is true. What would you find out, Delvin? Well, I mean, that was – he – that. To film those scenes, they were supposed to have kind of a bubble of sorts in between Bond, but it only extended about three feet. Yes. Or so. So anytime that you saw James Bond have kind of a look of like, what the what the crap? 
like that was real mm-hmm. <laughs> because like the sharks were super close uh, to him. And <laughs> hey, I give Connery credit; he's got more stones than me because they would have been like, "Okay, you're gonna be in the water with the shark." Nope. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've I've heard there's one scene where you see he gets really wide eyed when a shark goes by, and I and I'd heard that yeah they had like a three or four foot plate glass thing to keep between them, and I'd heard that the shark was like just blew right by that plate glass thing, and that that was a complete like you said a completely real real reaction. Like, oh. I- I thought it, I, I'd heard that um, he refused to get in the tank with the shark, so they agreed that they would put in that plexiglass barrier. But they found out they they were they didn't have quite enough. They they had one, so they needed like one more piece, and they just didn't tell him. <laughs> they were just like, "Yeah, you're good. Jump on in." And uh, yeah, no acting required. Yep, yep. The stuntman yeah. went went right in. The guy that that uh, ended up the thug that got smacked around and thrown into the into the tank. He really he, he really went right in, and and I guess he actually landed on the shark on accident, and that was a little dicey. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna take yeah. a pass on that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's always good to know that there are braver men than you in the world, and yeah, those those are two right there. Mm. Speaking mm. of braver men than me, Pat. What are your thoughts on Thunderball? Well, I had I had some notes here, so I'm just gonna kind of go through them, and a lot of I kind of have a lot of what Delvin had said as well too. So I'll just kind of start going down my notes here. The opener was great action. I really like that. A lot more action this time around than even was in Goldfinger. Wow! Um, um, I like the jetpack. That was kind of cool to see that. Everybody likes jetpacks, absolutely, Pat. Uh, to yeah. the point where you might I... not even question it, but I think Jason cracked the code on the jetpack. <laughs> what do you mean? So, like the jetpack. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. The uh, everybody loves a jetpack and watching James Bond fly a jetpack is cool. But when you stop and think about it, Jason, I'll let you take it from here since you brought it up <laughs> earlier. <laughs> oh, I don't, hey, don't get me wrong. I love the scene too, man. I, oh, I gonna, love it too. I'm not gonna hate on the scene, but how do you get up there? Yeah, <laughs> number number one. How, how did that jetpack get up there? <laughs> Best question ever. You know, and I just did know, he have that I, like that little ancient well, French lady lug that lug that just in case he had to leave. No, <laughs> why wouldn't he have? He was waiting in the room, so obviously he jetpacked up there. Oh, okay. You're going, yeah, got into got into the room waiting for that the bad guy to come into the room. I'm sorry, but that if he just, jetpacked up there. His guards are pretty spectacular, man. Because <laughs> you know everybody would be out there looking at like, what is this fool doing, man? <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love the scene. I can't hate on. Actually, you know the thing that really disturbed me more about that is the fire hose element from the, when he shoots car. from the car. Yeah, yes. like, that, that's my next thing like, too. Is car with water hose? How, how much water that, is in that right? car? How much? Got to be killing your your miles per <laughs> <Like> gallon. <laughs> He's like dragging his rear axle all the way down there. I mean, that's so. I mean, even beyond the, that's the thing that really got me. It was like, how did he get so much water out of that car? And then for those guys, you know, it's like the car's sitting still. It's just going to go straight. Yeah, you know, move, sidestep, move left, move or right, move to the left, move to the right, cha cha, real slow. Everybody clap your hands. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that there was a, 
there was quite a bit uh, more suspension and disbelief in this one, maybe than than even uh, Goldfinger. But uh, but it was still fun. I, I agree with you, Pat. I really love the opening. I love when he just yeah. lays out and decks the you know quote unquote uh, widow and turns out to yeah. be the big fight and then escaping from the jetpack and then you can roll like right into Tom Jones. That's a you know that's a good time right there. I like the also right before he he's gonna leave out the door and then he stops looks grabs the flowers throws it on the guy. very Bondian yeah he's he's like eh they're knocking down the door eh, I can see that they're gonna get him but you know what I got time to <laughs> throw some flowers on this guy right before I leave Tom Jones you bring up the the song I once I heard that song I was like I never heard this song before and uh, then I could understand that it's Tom Jones I'm like okay that's Tom Jones it wasn't one of my favorites I think I like goldfinger better than i like the thunderball song i agree with that me too yeah i if i was gonna rate it i, I wrote down i'd give this a two out of five i love i i love song. thunderball but i agree with you 110 percent. it's really hard to beat yeah. uh shirley bassey on the theme songs there yeah so far i'm not one of my favorite theme songs going on a little bit more here in my notes you know that you're a you're a bad kind of guy that if you wear an eye patch you put on an eye patch and park a car. You can park that car anywhere in Paris. That's right. People will just let you. They'll look and say, "Hey, wait a minute! Oh, got an eye patch." <laughs> in all see. fairness, he uh, parallel parks better with an eye patch than I do <laughs> with both eyes. So I can't hate on him. And these are just you know again my notes with observations that I find funny and interesting. So bear with me on this. I'd like. Well, I think I'm going to leave this part for one of my questions, so I'm not going to say Ooh, that part. Okay, all right. Ooh. So, uh, going on then, the plane, uh, one thing I noticed too in watching it, it may be some blunders, you know, when the filming, the, when the plane is finally underwater, and but and they show him trying to do the lever for the hatch to pop it open, uh, the pilot, once he gets it underwater, there's no water. It's just, you know, you can tell when they're underwater, mm-hmm. when he's pulling the lever, there's no water around him at all. Huh. Then it goes back to him underwater. I never noticed it. Yeah. I, I noticed that. I'm like, wait a minute. I said to rewind it. And I'm like, okay, they show him pulling the lever, and it's just there's no water around him at all. <laughs> all right. Found that interesting. A couple more notes here. Um, when they when they get to show all the bonds, so is those are all the bonds, the double O's that are there. And it sounds like there's 10, maybe 11. I think there was nine. I think I counted nine shares. There's nine on the chairs. There are nine chairs. There's nine on the chairs, but the I can't remember the guy that they have in. He says number ten. Oh, he's talking about Ten Downing Street. That's where the prime minister lives. Oh, yeah, that's okay. that's their that's prime minister is what, what he's referring to when they say number ten. Ah, uh, okay. So I'm thinking uh, that's what I was thinking. Like there's ten of them. Like this guy was the. High. I I I know okay. that immediately because I used to make that same mistake. It's like ten, and then I then I learned that yeah, Ten Downing Street is is. Where the prime minister lives. Uh, and then oh, that's number 10. I got it. Okay. Makes sense now. Well, then would that, is that any reason why there's nine bonds huh? or nine double O's? You got double O one, you got double O two. Yeah. You got double O three. <laughs> it, go, it goes right, up to nine. <laughs> Do we need to continue with the pattern? <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was kind of cool too of the see, you know, all nine of them kind of sitting there. They don't really show a lot about faces of some of them i think you can see like maybe six and eight that are right next to them you get a little bit of losers on them, yeah <laughs> eight especially eight he's like man when, when's gonna be my day? <laughs> today's my day <laughs> uh in that room also i was really impressed 
how they got such a big map. Oh my gosh, to that put map on, is and with huge. a big red circle on <laughs> that it. Map it's is huge. huge. And like, where do you go to so quickly to get a meeting put together? And, and we need this big map. Yeah. Someone's got to blow this thing up. Can, can, can I it's can I interject huge. one of the parts that really kind of disturbed me at this point? I think is a good one because you got the map. And then later on in the movie, they're in that same room, at, and yeah. and it's got like a list of of places mm-hmm. that um, they are reporting in in the background. You can see, and one of the places it says is Australia, Sydney, Australia. Not and in I'm the like, circle. it wasn't in the circle, <laughs> not oh. even close. Who is wasting <laughs> government time and money <laughs> in Sydney, Australia? <laughs> hey, attention to the map. All right, we blew this thing up fifty <laughs> times bigger than it needed to be. <laughs> but the, but the, it's so big. But then they're looking at it too. It's like it's they're they're both on the side wall. So it's like, how can these guys sitting in these chairs see this big map that's kind of obscure? It's like trying to watch a movie, but you're you're the guy that's always that in the front, and you're all the way to the wall trying to watch a movie, and your your head's tilted sideways to try. <laughs> Could have arranged those chairs yeah. a little better. <laughs> yeah, that's what I. Yeah, that's what I thought. Or at least make them sit forward. You know, oh, if you can't see the map, please move forward. They all have stiff necks. And it, yeah, <laughs> Largo. He's gets to be somewhat of a bad guy. He does. You can start to see how uh, devious he is of a kind of guy. So I was kind of the more the movie went into it, I was I was more impressed with his. Badness. Yeah, Largo is one of the one of the stronger ones. I mean, you got like a guy with an eye patch, like you said, you park yeah. anywhere you want. Uh, let's see. Well, you may hex um, me. Let's see what it does for the cards. <laughs> <laughs> I like the part um, that that I caught in the parade with the dog that's peeing <laughs> as the parade's going on. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I sent you guys a screenshot of that a few minutes ago. I, I had to pull Julian. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Don't go. Don't watch this. Watch this. What I like best about that dog peeing. I, know, I wasn't looking for it. I just noticed He's it. dead center. The dog just peed. It's and like, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the cameraman is unapologetically centered on that urinating dog. <laughs> and you know, somebody had to been like, there's they, a urinating dog dead center. And somebody else was like, nah. <laughs> uh, we got somehow shot. didn't make Let's it go. to the cutting room floor. I don't. I don't. Ex- that's the one because Julie watched it. And she was like, "Why?" <laughs> and I was like, "Why not?" <laughs> <laughs> and then, and like a shot later on, they show it again. The dog's there, but he's further back in the scene. You can still see the dog. He's not peeing anymore. He's just kind of walking the street as the parade's going on. Just a, must have been a random must dog. Must have been a random dog there down in Nassau <laughs> at the Junkanoo Parade, which I've been to. Would you like to hear Junkanoo. more stories about that, Pat, or you want to keep going with you? Let's keep going. Uh, you can, we, I, we can definitely get, let's right. do that. Let's keep going. <laughs> I think Delvin voted keep going. All right. Silver oh. hands. Uh, <laughs> going back to some of the fight scenes with the water. Yeah, I can see what they were trying to do. You know, they had all this, hey, let's make this really cool water fight scenes, and we'll do it a couple different times. Man, that last fight scene, I fell asleep like two times during that. That's always happened I, to I, me. Two yeah. times. Go I to hell, both it. of you. <laughs> yeah. I, I started watching it. I fell asleep. So then I had to rewind it. I started watching it again, and I fell asleep again. I think, I think part of the problem is the music is too good. Like, if you listen to the music, yeah. it's really, like, underwatery. Yeah, it's soothing. Mm-hmm. 
It's very so soothing. Yeah, you're just like, <sighs> I, I, honestly, I can't hate on it, any of you for, for that because I've fallen asleep in that movie a couple times too. It's kind of it's kind of like Blade Runner to me in a way. Another yes, movie yes, that I, parts, yeah. it's a great movie, but like the, you're right. The music is just like so soothing. And usually what happens for me is like, I find it, there's not a lot that happens between when Bond, you know, discovers the bomb, kind of gets stranded, mm-hmm. waits for about 10 minutes to get rescued, finally gets rescued and then gets dropped into the battle scene. So I usually fall asleep in that area. And then I wake yeah. up for the battle scene and I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> Time for the meat and potatoes. Oh, it just kept me I falling asleep at that point. When they got to the battle scene, there's a lot of dead guys at the bottom of that ocean. Yeah, there's there's more than one. Yeah, that scene is yeah. brutal, man. That that's a yeah, that's a bunch of dudes trying to poke each other with sharp things. <laughs> and do they do they only get like one shot from their harpoon guns? Yeah, because then you got to reload it. You got to re- restring uh-huh. it. Yep. Then you're down to your knife, man. And they were using knives. Yeah. They were using hands. They were doing all kinds of dirty stuff under there. That was, that was a brutal fight. I think it comes back again with the, he got to use the underwater rocket. Yeah, he did that. I guess is what I'm kind of, that's kind of cool. It was, that was kind of cool. Once you see what it was able to do, it had like, you know, two harpoons and why it was yellow though when he would. So you can keep track of James Bond easier on the screen, man. <laughs> you, can't, you, you got limited underwater visibility you got to find a way to make your character stand out if it was me it would have been me pissing myself in that battle going through there. Like, i would have never hey. got out of the helicopter with felix i'd have been like eh, somebody will win <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looks like they got this <laughs> i like uh felix later he was you know interesting a little bit more action from him a little more talking from him as well True. so that was it's kind of neat the just going back to the whole plan of them getting the plane and the nukes that they needed to get and all that. That was a pretty elaborate plan. Man, you got to have one if you're going to steal nukes, man. Yeah. Can't just no. can't just steal them like they're a pack of gum. Come on, man. <laughs> but it was it was cool. It was a really interesting plan. So I was like, well, what are they going to do with this plane? Where are they going to put? Oh, oh. And then it just sinks down to the bottom and it was pretty cool. Just a few more things as I'll wrap it up here. On the boat when Bond and Largo are fighting, he kind of like Bond just kind of slaps him in the face and he goes, (laughs) (laughs) am I the only one that kind of saw that that way? It's kind of like a backhand, like, like a slap, like, you know, like, oh man, come on. You got, you got an eye patch. Come on, Largo. (laughs) Just admit it. Just just admit it that you get a root for Largo. You're like, come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was funny. Then the last, as the hydrofoil is going and they're continuing the fight and they're both kind of fighting for the wheel and trying to miss the large rocks and, and land that around. It looks like they're going to hit it like several different times. It's like, why haven't they already hit some of these rocks in this, you know, the, the back screen? It shows like they're going right for it. And yeah, I've, it? I've oh, never cool. been a fan of the rear projection screen or the sped up action kind of the speed, sped up fighting that they do in that last bit. I really feel like yeah. it takes away from, from the movie a bit. Uh, I feel you on that. I've always been a little distracted by it. They did an opening scene too. Yeah. yeah. This, they And I'm going to warn you right now, they're going to do it for a couple more movies. Cause that's just kind of how movies were filmed back then. They're like, if it's going to be a fight, it's got to be fast. Like, no, it doesn't. Yeah. 
or the car chase and that. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you on that, bro. I do. So I'll just uh, leave us with the uh, smoke count. Smoke if you got them. There was none from Bond. No smoking from Bond. Yeah. So we may see that may come up. I'm back. I don't know. Probably not as much. But let's get to double O player. Double O player. So on my double O player count, we have. If you say money penny, I'm going to hit you. <laughs> Money Penny, uh, <laughs> come on! Actually, actually, I, I'm gonna weigh in on this, and and we owe we owe Pat an apology. I think what because okay, as I was watching the behind the scenes of this movie, I think it was they interviewed Lois Maxwell, and Lois Maxwell said that she and Sean Connery got together and came up with the backstory. Mm-hmm. Yep, I see what they're doing. Yeah, between Bond and Moneypenny. And in their agreed upon backstory, they met while undergoing secret agent training of some sort. They had training together. They had a brief tryst. They realized that it was becoming something more than casual. And they also realized the business that they were getting into, they couldn't afford to do that. So they agreed to keep it professional but they always have that tension that's still there so according to miss money penny herself she has bedded or been bedded by mr james bond so pat well, we owe you an apology so I, I i i see you know your explanation jason and i raise it with a <laughs> silver hand <laughs> what well, I just a follow up question and the research then, and I, and I have heard that myself about the backstory. I just like making fun of Pat. You've ruined it. But did they talk at all about our theory that she's married to Gary Moneypenny? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "You're gonna bend her over your knee." Huh. Well, after I tell her the secret of the world, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we need a regular segment about Gary Moneypenny and his thoughts on yeah. what happened. Uh, Where's Gary today? What's Gary anyway, today? Anyway, back to your count. Anyway, yeah, back to my count. So uh, besides Money Penny, and I'll say a Money Penny because he flirts with her a lot. It's not like you know he. <laughs> Pat, I tried to help you. I tried to help you. If you, you insist on digging a hole, me, if you insist on digging the hole, let me. I'm not pulling myself. you out of the hole anymore. Let me explain myself. It's different. I don't count when he goes to the hotel and the girl. Where's my key? And they, she gives him the key, and then she watches him walk away. That doesn't count. Right. What's it doesn't count? Because do, they did. He's not intentionally trying to flirt or, you know. Petopolis. All right. <laughs> M- moving on. Uh, then we have the the nurse or the doctor or whatever at the retreat. Or yeah, who he straight up I, I never caught her having name. sex with him, which is awkward for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think that's, that's going on the Me Too radar right there. <laughs> yeah, it, it was one of those ones where she, he t- totally blackmailed her into doing it, right? And then, but like she came around. I think once once she yeah. sampled the quality, <laughs> but, but still, come on, man. Well, I liked I liked afterwards as he's leaving, and she's obviously like, you know, she's like, oh, some other times, you know, another time, and she's like, some other time, some other place. <laughs> <laughs> takes off. Yes, yeah, so she's like, "Are you gonna call me?" And he's like, "Oh, he says something like day by day." <laughs> he's obviously being sarcastic. Yeah. See you later, alligator. You're a gator. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Domino. Domino. Underwater. Domino he gets to be with. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Water player. That's harder than it looks. I'm just here to tell you. <laughs> All right. And then, of course, Fiona. So Fiona. That's a, that's my Fiona's comment. Fiona's a fan of favorite, player. by the way. People love Fiona. I can see that. She's a very attractive She was my favorite out of, the, out of the three, I've got to admit. I like how she just, you know, it was almost a comeback from, from Pussy Galore. To where you know she spent a night with Bond, and because mm-hmm. she actually says Fiona Volpe actually says, "Oh, you know, you spend a night with the great James Bond, and you hear heavenly choirs singing." Well, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Well, not this woman. <laughs> Dang. Well, can't win them all. Can't win them all. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my thoughts. Well done, well done, Pat. And you have to put up with all the interrupting that we do to you, and we appreciate that. But good job, Pat. Good job. Any other questions, or? Comments from the fellas for Jason and I weigh in? Uh, nope. No. Nope. Right. You guys hit a lot of it. And I, I think I already mentioned the Academy Award that I wanted to bring up. I do think uh, I have to agree with you guys. I think there's a there's a pacing problem because of the underwater stuff. Uh, I That became evident to me when I was preparing for the show. And I was, you know, I write the trivia questions for you guys as I'm watching it. And I realized that for about the last 45 minutes of this movie, I didn't write anything down. There's just yeah. nothing really there. You know, it's. Again, it's not a bad movie. I think as I watched this film, I realized something that might tick off a lot of our listeners and probably my older brother. I think this is my least favorite Connery movie. A lot of people say Diamonds Are Forever is theirs, but I I think I'm actually more entertained by Diamonds Are Forever. But we'll talk about that when we get there. Now that Jason's all riled up, Jason, what do you think? Well, you know, I mean, I can't really argue with you guys. You you bring up good points, and I'm just... I'm going to lead off and say that I I am a homer for this movie. This was my gateway James Bond movie, the first James Bond movie that I watched. I can remember I was probably, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years old. It was on, you know, the one of the prime time Sunday night at the movies type of deal. And dad was watching it. And I I remember the scene that drug me in was the um, dog. Well, no, not the peeing dog, <laughs> but that was cool. No, it was the Vulcan jet as it was landing in the water. And I remember watching that and I was like, what's this now? You know, and I, and it landed in the water and I asked dad, you know, what, what is this? And he's like, he said, you know, this is James Bond and told me a little bit about it. So I got to watching it and, and I got sucked in and, and the underwater fight scene is, I mean, it still thrills me today. I, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's there. There's some movies that like really make my hair, you know, stand up. I really get into it, even to this day. And I mean, there's some like the the Avengers movie when when that scene when all the Avengers kind of circle the wagons and it plays that that amazing theme and Hulk does that roar, you know. And it's like, oh yeah, this is this is uh this is the shite right here. And and. Um, you know, the, the Thunderball underwater battle scene, particularly the part where it's like you got that brutal fight that's going on underwater and I see someone back and forth. And then, you, you know, Bond's in there and you hear that dun, 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 you know, and, and then Bond just starts kicking the S out of everybody. And you're like, this is it. And I mean, it still I, it brings me back to to that. You know that eight-year-old self watching that, and I and and I was hooked, man. I loved it. And then from that moment on, I was watching all the Bonds when they, you know, when they came on television and begging mom and dad to take me to the movies to go see them. You know, uh, so you know, and and, uh, and so uh, you know, I'll set the scene there. But you guys are right; there is a pacing problem. I actually 
got a chance to meet Rico Browning, uh, who who was a director of the underwater scenes of the movie. Nice. Uh, he he's also the guy that uh, he he played one of the uh, swamp creatures in the uh, the creature or the lagoon creature from Creature of the Black Lagoon. And so they, you know, they hired him. He was a skilled diver, and so he he directed a lot of those scenes. And and I got uh, he actually signed that uh, little um, picture that I took a picture and sent to you guys mm-hmm. for cool. yeah yeah. So you know, I was talking to him about it, and it I think you know the underwater scenes were just such a novelty back then that you know it's kind of played out to us now. But back then it was really cool. But I, I get what you're saying, like. As I watch it now, you know, and I watch and I watch that bomber hit and then they go, okay, you know, all the divers into the water and they all spill into the water and then they go and you watch them like swim up and you're like, I'm really going to watch them like totally unload both of these bombs. We're not going to edit any of this. Right? Nope, we're watching the <laughs> whole thing and, and we are literally going to watch them drag camouflage net over this whole plane <laughs> yep there they are hammering it into the ground i mean i really felt like i had to sit through all the briefings for this mission <laughs> i really felt like i was, I was a see, part of the those, parts you know i'm fine with the first half of the movie i was really excited and in, in, into it but the second half of the movie just wasn't for me yeah well a, a lot of it no nah, but I, I can see what you're saying too you know with the music and everything it's uh i mean i like the music because well, John Barry, like, I mean, to me, he's one of the great composers in that, you know, if you listen to his music, like in Diamonds Are Forever, oh, he actually somehow manages to capture with music the sound of diamonds, you know, even though diamonds don't make a sound. And he manages to capture the feeling of being underwater in Thunderball. Yeah. And then that's, yeah, there's nothing wrong. The music is fine. It obviously is really good that it put me to sleep yeah but it does yeah and and i i would be lying if i told you guys i haven't been lulled to sleep a couple of times in in that movie but and to me the 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 big part is you know that underwater battle scene gets me gets me every time i i know people you know people rightfully say you know goldfinger usually or maybe you only live twice is the best best uh connery bond but you know for sentimental reasons this one will always be my favorite. So there's nothing there wrong is. with that. There it is. I, I've said <laughs> I've said my piece. I love this one, and will always love Thunderball. Well, when you love it, though, I mean, like you, you, you definitely have a way of describing it. Like even just your synopsis that you gave, it, it was very obvious that you know you have an affection for the movie, and I think that's cool. You know, there it, it's. You know, I won't go too long on it, but nowadays it seems really cool to be indifferent about anything. Like people don't care about anything. So it's nice to hear when someone actually does care about something. So I think that's cool, Jason. I would agree with that. No, thanks, guys. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's like the old saying, you you like uh, people for their for their their attributes and you love them in spite of their faults. And, And I guess the same goes true with thunderball i i know it's got a lot of yeah. faults but i got a lot of love for it well, so i overlook them and you have that you have that special connection to it so that's what it is yeah Indeed. but those are those are my thoughts so did you have anything you want to say jared or should i get right into the martinis first you got to give your three little known facts but i do want to just a bit oh, of advice right. Just a bit of advice to our listeners and to you to my fellow podcasters here if you take up with 
one of the world's most dangerous organizations, and they're like, our plan is to use you to steal nuclear weapons to threaten the entire world. Don't renegotiate your salary later on. Okay, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just my tip to the listening audience. <laughs> it's not going to work true. out well. Hey, it may, it may be a lifesaver. <laughs> it really could be. I always get a crack at, crack up out of that guy when he's like, I got you over a barrel. Uh, for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Until that whole okay. <laughs> they killed you thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, Jason, three little known facts. So here we go. Number one, uh, do you guys remember General Rushon from Goldfinger? Yes. Yeah, he was a trivia question that drove me insane. Right. General Rushon, the real life general that got the credit in Goldfinger, he continued to provide military and technical assistance in Thunderball. So he returned to provide his his guidance and input for Thunderball as well. Bond bomb number two. So the boat explosion at the end of Thunderball was so massive that it blew out windows in Nassau. Wow. <laughs> yeah, this, one of the stunt people uh, said that, you know, they well, they detonated the explosion on the boat and smoke cleared. And they looked and the boat was completely gone. And they were like, did we vaporize the boat? And somebody looked up and saw a speck getting progressively larger and said, no, the boat's coming down on us right now. <laughs> they, they had to haul off out of there. <laughs> So, yeah, big, big explosion. It's like Wiley Coyote-style explosion. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm going to pull a little bit of an audible here um, for number three. Yeah, here <laughs> That's giving you crap. I love it. No, well, I was going to talk about the interior of the British bomber, the Vulcan bomber. Well, I'll just go ahead and say it. So the British bomber, the, the interior was top secret, so the crew... Uh, got permission to tour a UK airbase, and they kind of discreetly did a little espionage and took pictures of what they saw in order to build the replica bomber on set. That was going to be my number three. Just, you know, purge that from your memory. That's not not pertinent anymore. The the real number three is that uh, Thunderball was originally proposed to be the first James Bond movie instead of Dr. No. But there was some legal trouble over the copyright because uh, Ian Fleming in his haste to uh, as all good writers want to do they want their books to become a movie so that they can get tons of money so he uh, hastily wrote this initially as a script for a movie with another individual whose name escapes me but it'll, Jared will Kevin remember Kevin McClory Kevin McClory that's right so the script didn't go anywhere, kind of floundered around, so Ian Fleming decided he would turn it into a novel. So he wrote the novel, but then Kevin McClory got in a legal battle with him because he said some of the ideas from the script that went into the novel were his ideas, and so all of this was going on. And so Saltzman and Broccoli and the studio backed away because they, they just didn't want to get in the middle of it, and they decided to go with Dr. No instead. And so that kind of led me to the question was, I mean, if you remember, Dr. No had like a million dollar budget, which was nothing compared to the budget that they had for this movie. And if you think of all the underwater battle sequences and all the stuff that they did for this movie, the jetpacks and all that, you know, I think maybe it was a good uh, it was a good thing that that uh, Thunderball was a little bit further down 
down the line because I think it would have been a way way different movie if it had been the first one out of the gate. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I, so, can, I agree completely. Yeah. But yeah, you'll notice on the opening credits, it actually says produced by Kevin McClory. They had to give him a production credit to avoid some legal disputes. But let me tell you, Kevin Broccoli, I think that stuck in his craw till the day he died. Well, and then, yeah, and then I don't know if we're ever going to get into the never say never again. I think we will. I think we'll do a double feature when we do Octopussy. I think we'll, we'll do those two movies. Okay. All right. So we'll talk more about it then. Uh, but anyway, so those are my, my Bond facts for this one. And kind of like Jared was saying, you know, looking for trivia questions, I kind of had to admit, yeah, this pacing's a little slow because I was trying to get Bond facts. And I was like, <laughs> it's underwater. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you guys were given a uh, radioactive pill to swallow, <laughs> would you swallow it? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> what flavor is it? <laughs> Yeah, I think we I think we know now why Bond bedded so as many women as he has and never had any kids. It was that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, well done. Well done, Jason. Oh, I'm taking over for you. You've got one more thing to do. I do. I do. It's time to uh, kick back and knock back some martinis. So we're going to we're going to ask our rookie agents on a scale of one to seven martinis. One being the worst, seven being the best. How many martinis will you give this movie, Pat? I am going to, like I said, I really was enjoying the movie uh, for the the beginning and through halfway through it until the water scene started coming. And then I'm like, okay, I'm starting to get lost here. You know, it's like, let's get it on. You don't, I don't need 20 minutes of underwater fighting, you know, break it down. So I am going to give it, boy, a four. Four martinis. Wow. That, that hurts me, Pat. That hurts me. <laughs> You told a wonderful story, Jason. But you're okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. a four and a nephew. <laughs> uh, okay, Delvin, how many martinis? So uh, I am with my fellow rookie agent uh, Pat in giving it a four. Yes. I, I want, but I, I, I want to add a few things, and I guess if I have you know any analogy or, or comparison uh, with Thunderball, it's like it its reach. Uh, was it, it tried to reach more than it could grasp, and you know what? Good for them. I mean, this was this is movie four, so they they got people, they had people come in and see it, and they went out and they tried something adventurous, and it landed in some parts, and it didn't land in others. You know, but but I you thought, know what part it did land in? The Academy Award. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? So did Suicide Squad. Oh, hey, hey, you shut your mouth. I like Suicide Squad. <laughs> did it? Did it really? <laughs> Are <Yeah>. you serious? <laughs> yeah, like best best costume design or something like that. All right, I, Academy. I take back my comment. <laughs> <laughs> I like Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're in a room by yourself on that one, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it, 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 it gets a four. It. it, it I, I didn't think about going worse than that, but I definitely didn't think about going much better. So I was, I was kind of I was between a four and a five, and because of my seven from last time, I was told I was giving it away too much, so I didn't want. Who <laughs> told you that? And there, there are numbers Dylan? between four and seven, Pat. <laughs> just, just so you know, there's, there's a few other numbers in the middle. There. No, there's not. It's <laughs> two, three, four. 
seven. That's how it goes. That's how numbers go. So I'm, I'm kind of monitoring when I should give that out because obviously I was told by a, my fellow Just agent. Give it away. Don't, don't give it out. Yeah. <laughs> Cheap bluesy. Yeah. I just reminded of another. Yeah, you know me. I'm, I'm easily entertained. So I reminded of another another show we did once where Pat was like, "I want to give it something between a seven and a nine. <laughs> he called it eight. All three of us went eight. <laughs> uh, fun times. Anyways, well, that's cool. And and thank you, gentlemen. Uh, so now uh, this is probably why most people tune into the show. They had to get through all that to get to this. It's time to crown this episode's double O award winner. Pat and Delvin will do this by answering a series of trivia questions on Thunderball. Delvin is the current champion. <laughs> Woo, I know. And will Pat be able to overthrow him? We'll find out. But before we do that, we've got to take a quick break to thank our Patreon sponsors. It's a long list of names, folks, and it's gotten a little longer, and we appreciate that. I'm going to read through it as fast as I can, but still give a little respect to all these people that are keeping our shows afloat. We, we greatly appreciate what you do for us over here at White Rocket Entertainment. So here's our list of Patreons that we got to thank. White Rocket Entertainment. Nicholas Cottrell, Joseph Fine, Christopher Burleson, Samuel Salvatore, Neil Dyer, Bill Amthor of WeHaveDonuts.com, Steve Trawick, Richard Stevens, Justin Bean, David Evers, Tom Anderson, Timothy, Dan Thompson, Wes Atkinson, Steve Harlan, Richard Stevens, Andrew Barber, Gerard Albrich, Rich Reimer, Bill Matthews, Chris Usher, Will Summerford, John McCune, Catherine England, David Simpson, Josh Teal, Mike Finley, Randall Walker, C.T. Wayne, Earl Ricks, War Eagle Earl, Dave Powell, Michael Kirshner, Mick Vigicana, Chris Thrash, Logan Chilton, George Gaston, Tony Perry, Alex Gwynn, Clay Henson, J.W. Rice, Wardam Wade, David Medinus, Mark Squire, Joey Miller, Matthew Wagstaff, Russell Milling, Rob Morgan, Stephen Schuster, James Taylor. Thank you, baby. Yes, I do. How sweet it is to be loved Good job, John Stubbs. Kenneth Brent Rains, Brent Ramble, Nicholas Craig, Matt Raubenheimer. Hope I got that one right. He's one of our newer ones. Along with Mark Enfinger is our newest. Welcome aboard, Mark. We appreciate each and every one of you. If you'd like to help keep Gold Sovereigns in our briefcase, you too can help sponsor the show over at Patreon.com. Just search the keyword Plexico, P-L-E-X-I-C-O. You can give as little as $1 a month to help keep our passenger seats equipped with ejectors. And like those other folks whose names you just heard, you'll get a shout out on every episode of all the White Rocket Entertainment shows, including this one. As a Patreon, you'll also get bonus material and behind-the-scenes information on all the White Rocket endeavors, including our novels, comic books, and more. Back to my brother Jason. Mark and Finger. He's a man. (laughs) Man on the Patreon. (laughs) I think too if the if they want to sponsor Delvin. Sorry, go ahead. Ah, You were saying? Oh, I was just going to say, you know, also, too, speaking of Patreon, if you're, anybody is interested, Delvin is looking for some silver. <laughs> silver hat! Hey! Oh, my goodness. All right. <laughs> Jason, save us. Save us, Jason. Okay. Let's find out who this mission's Trivia 00 award winner is going to be so he can lord it over the other guy until next episode. Agent Jared and I have each prepared three questions for a total of six. 
We'll take turns asking each of the contestants a question. You get it right, that's one point. You get it wrong, your opponent has an opportunity for a steal. Most points get you the coveted double O award, a watch with a garrot in it, and an all-access pass to a gypsy camp girl fight. Well, supplies last, not available in all areas. Gotta have me that. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's some places down south near Jared where you you can see that. Might be some meth involved, though. (laughs) Not not real sure. Uh, While supplies last, not available in all areas. Let's start the segment we like to call Agents Under Fire. Well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy. Okay, Delvin, you were the last winner. You're the current champion of Agents Under Fire. And since you're the current champion, choose wisely. Would you like to go first or second tonight? Second, please. Who would you like to read your questions? Ooh. Ooh. Jason. All right. Pat. All right. Here we I'm go. Read your questions. You ready for round one? Easy round, Pat. I am ready. Yes, I okay. am. Okay. Easy question. And I'm going to throw it out there. And then Delvin's going to do his mocking impression of what you do to him when he gets easy questions. It'll be fun. All right. Pat. Don't predict me. <laughs> <laughs> what was Largo's Spectre number? Number two. He was number two. Well done, Pat. Who does number two work for? <laughs> you show that turd who's ball. <laughs> All right, Delvin, don't let me down here. I'll, I'll try not to. What, <sighs> what does Domino give Bond when she first meets him? <laughs> D- and no, chlamydia is not the writing. <laughs> Got me good. Uh, let's see. Do I know this? Hold on. Somebody's getting Miranda. <laughs> Miranda. Miranda, what did Bond get from me? I'm sitting there dude, I have absolutely no clue. Oh, is Pat going to steal this? Um, What does she give it him? It wasn't as easy as I thought. <laughs> I got it right. <laughs> Um, good for you. <laughs> right for Jason. Sure. She she gives him a ride to the beach. She gives him something. Actually, hands him something. Physical. Boat ride. That's that's true. But before that, she hands him like she gives him something. Oh, she gives him something before he gets into you the. You got boat? it. Oh, she gave some. Um, yeah, it's the. Um, uh, what's what's that fish? It's a uh, starfish. It is starfish i ain't giving this to pat though man we had you 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 yeah, had we, to like literally put that let in him down the lane yeah I, right. I, I was gonna do some crying and complain about i was like you know what i'm gonna see how this plays out yeah <laughs> no. Ra- round one goes to pat but 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 yeah he's not getting the steal well. <laughs> all right all right all right. all right okay pat round two medium level what is the name of largo's yacht <laughs> Oh, that's the uh, the yacht name is Disco Valencia. Given Pat Disco. Given Pat Volante. Disco Valante. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Given Pat's it. pronunciation problem. I was going to give it to him. Disco yeah. Volante is correct, Pat. You got it. Disco. And it's Italian Disco. for. Does anybody know? Does anybody I know, know because this will be important. Disco Ooh. of violence. <laughs> is it? Isn't it the flying saucer? Flying saucer. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. All right, pressure's on here, Delvin. How many inches taller does Bond say he must be after his ordeal on the rack? 
He said that he had to be at least six inches taller. Ding, 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 ding. All right, all right. He holds his own in round two. Pat's still got a one-point lead into the hard round. Tell you, here we go in the hard round. Score two to one. Pat, are you going to pick up that third point and block Delvin out completely? Yes, sir. Let's find out. What was 007's original assignment before convincing him to change it to Nassau? Australia? Steel? Got got a chance for a steal. You know, Delvin doesn't know, though, because he didn't pay attention during that part of the movie. Miranda. It's on that map. (laughs) I'm just going to randomly guess then. Egypt. I don't know. Uh, That is a random guess indeed, sir. And and wrong. Canada. Canada, folks. Yeah, they even hooked him up with, like, some, like, lieutenant colonel from the Canadian Air Force and... Never ditched him right there. Ditched him right there in the office. Yep. I remember the officer, but I didn't remember Canadian officer. I'm sure the, the officer was very polite about it, though. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I'm okay. No worries. <laughs> oh, so Delvin can tie it up. I'm glad I brought tiebreakers to this game. Uh, all right. Delvin, this is a hard one. I'm not going to lie. I didn't get this one. So if you get it, I'm going to be impressed. What's 007's hotel room number in Nassau? It's 324. Oh, he's so close. <laughs> I was like, I, I was, I was like hoping he was telepathic. I was telepathically sending out that. Man, that number. It's uh, 304. Pat, Pat, oh, I was oh, oh, sorry. That's sorry. right. He already won. He won. That's yeah, the yeah. winner. All right. And uh, 306 was. Yeah. Was, uh, was, was Paula. Uh, what's Paul's her name? Paula's. Yeah. Yep. He would always go into that one. I remember the 04 and the 06, and I was like, what's the middle digit? Oh. Ah, you're close, man. You were so close. Son of a beat. You got closer than I did. You still get mad respect for me on that one. You did very, very well. So, I'm a winner. Pat, you <laughs> are tonight's winner. Congratulations to Pat. Be sure to do the right and proper thing and lord this victory over Delvin until you meet again in the field next episode. You want it. You keep it, old buddy. I just want. Uh, I just uh, <laughs> Oh, man. This show is stupid. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> oh. It's dumb. Well, now it's time for our semi-final segment on the show called... Return fire. This never happened to the other fellow. During return fire, our rookie agents Pat and Delvin get to toss Jason and I a trivia question they brought with them in a tip to stump the double O experts. So Jason and I are working as a team trying to defend our bona fides, our bona fides, however you pronounce it. So let's get going with return fire. Gentlemen. Who wants to go I, think, I think you get bona fides if a dog bites you. Yeah, I think I got bona fides <laughs> once in 87. Isn't that what Domino gave Bond? <laughs> Chlamydia. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. All right, fellas, who's, who's, who's excited about their question tonight? I'm pretty excited about mine. All right, do it. Do it live. So they, um, the place where Fiona died was called the Kiss Kiss Club, right? Very good, yes. Um, there was a band playing. Oh, crap. <laughs> What oh. the name? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, oh so man. It was. <laughs> God dang. Come on, Jared. Dig it wasn't in. a starfish, you sons of. <laughs> 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 
Uh, I, the only reason I, I feel like this is the back of my head is because I listened to one of the Music of Bond episodes on James Bond Radio, and they talked about this band. Ah, uh, see. God dang it. What was the name of that? It's on the tip of my tongue, and I... Uh, man, I don't know if I'm going to save us here. They it's, don't ever say it. I, it's on I, sign. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's King something. Oh yeah 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 um, it's yes you got it. it's King King Arison it's King, King Arison combo King Arison combo that's the one that's that's who it was very good gentlemen woo Jason good. you saved bacon if you had not I put King in there I would not have gotten it very good oh man I I could just see the King on there and I couldn't remember like what the oh, next part was saved our bacon sir well done with the King I wouldn't have got it without you Pat bring it. We're feeling we're feeling frisky now, man. Boy, all right. Can't stop us. My question, fellas, is how many hand grenades are thrown into the water oh to try God. and kill Bond? <laughs> you kill me with these rain man. <laughs> okay, Nice rain man, by the way. Thank you, thank you, uh, Jason. Let's do that thing where we'll both guess different numbers, and that way at least we get but the, the, two guesses. That's not fair. Hey, here's the thing: you shut up. Uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm gonna say four. I'm gonna say five. I thought it was three, and the answer is four. Oh, oh nice! Woo. We had a good night tonight. I, I th- yeah, I was like, it's got to be at least four. I mean, because because oh, I remember oh. there. There's a, and then there was a couple where he's underneath going, no, oh, and he's holding his head. Yeah. You know, I wonder like how bad that would be on your eardrums. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm wondering too. It's like, why is he? It might really pound those. Oh eardrums. yeah, probably does. in the water. I like mean, that? okay. I've been around real life explosions and they hurt, and I'm yeah. not underwater. <laughs> yeah, and, and I wasn't even that close to them, and they hurt. <laughs> Reminds me of that movie with uh, uh, Will Ferrell and uh, the other guys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh man, that really hurts. <laughs> Who was the other guy in that? The dude for the big Mark hit? Wahlberg. Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Oh my god, that hurts. It never looks like it hurts in the movies. <laughs> I think I broke something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me let me. Can I ask you guys one more? Sure, question? because I'm finding my place in the script. I'm finding my place. You got another one too? Don't I do. You guys do that. Okay. Right? Go ahead. Where we're at. If you're gonna wait for us to get one wrong, it's gonna be a long night. Ow! <laughs> go, go ahead, Devin. Who is the manufacturer of the jetpack? Q, man, that's easy. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I mean, in real life, gentlemen. Oh, are you talking the? Are you talking about the um, the, the jetpack, jetpack at the beginning of the movie? Yes. I was, I was thinking the underwater. No, the the, the jetpack that was used at the. Um, and at, and as a hint, uh, I, think the, I actually the, know this. I don't think do I you? I think it's made by Bell Rocket. Is Man. That right? Yes, it is. Bell. Ah! Oh, nice, nice, they, nice. They also made uh, the helicopter that was um, that I believe that Felix Leiter was flying at one point. Oh, I did not know that. Yep. Uh, the name Bell Helicopter was there, so I'm, I'm assuming that's the same company that made yeah. the helicopter. Yeah, absolutely. In my day job, as you guys probably know, I work in the helicopter industry, and you are absolutely right. I did not realize that was a Bell helicopter, but I knew it was a Bell jetpack, and I work in the helicopter. <laughs> wow. Priorities all break. 
Get it together. Yeah, you got the jet pack. That's all that matters. Pat, we're feeling frisky, man. What do you got? Well, no, this, the more I think of this, it might be an easy one for oh, you Oh, don't, don't so try and cheat uh, in our victory. What piece of fruit does Bond pick out of the fruit bowl and eat? Grape. Yeah. Yeah, I even I even knew that one. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I, I was. That's, it's actually not a bad question, but yeah, yeah. it's a. Good... It was funny because that's the second time he goes. He back goes back. Yeah, he does a double he gets back. Caught. Yeah. 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 Nicely done, guys. Agent Jared, what do we have in the eyes only mailbag this week? What? No small talk. No chit chat. Thank you, Jason. Uh, as a reminder to our audience, if you'd like to be part of the show, you can send your questions, comments, and trivia challenges to OHMS Pod. That's O-H-M-S-P-O-D at Outlook.com or over on our Twitter page, which is just at O-H-M-S-P-O-D. If you like, you can even use email. And as a reminder, that's O-H-M-S-P-O-D at Outlook.com. And you can email us an audio recording of your question or comment. And we might even play it here on the show. Uh, Please try to keep your audio file around 30 seconds or less. And we'd love to hear from you and make you part of the show. Which leads us to our semi-regular feedback segments from the desk of M and Q's research and development team, better known as RAD, for their RAD thoughts on Bond. From the desk of M is an audio file sent in from the wife of our very own Agent Delvin, the dark web, the lovely Miranda. Miranda got a little overcome by the music, the soothing music, and the deep water atmosphere, and didn't quite make it through the movie, so she's opted to not send us an audio file this week. Uh, but I'm the we- only one who loves Thunderball. <laughs> I still... See, it's not only me. It's not I only I still me. love Thunderball, too, but it just gets me. So anyway, we look forward to uh, Miranda's return, and uh, you only live twice, so we'll look forward to that. So, next up. We have fellow podcasters and friends of the show, Ruth and Darren, from their Rad Adventures podcast network. Normally, Rad stands for Ruth and Darren, but here on the 007 show, it stands for Q's research and development team. So let's get this episode's Rad Thoughts on Bond. Hi, I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren. Of the Rad Adventures Network. And we're here to share some Rad Bond thoughts about the underwater adventure Thunderball. And in case you aren't aware, a thunderball is the mushroom cloud produced by an atomic bomb, which is why it's appropriate for this book and film. Thunderball has been plagued by legal disputes since the beginning. The story started as a screenplay by Ian Fleming, Kevin McClory, and Jack Whittingham in the 1950s that was intended to launch a series of James Bond films. That screenplay didn't sell, but when Ian Fleming later published the Thunderball novel, he was sued by his former collaborators for using parts of their story. The settlement in that lawsuit finally allowed this film to be made, but rights to certain parts of the story remained with the other writers, which is why this story was able to be adapted for a second time in 1983 in the film Never Say Never Again when Sean Connery returned to the role of James Bond. Thunderball is another favorite Bond film for me. Sean Connery is great as always in the role, and I've always enjoyed a good underwater adventure. And this film has lots of excitement with jets landing on the ocean, various underwater vehicles, sharks everywhere, and a great underwater battle. Our good friend Paul from Belfast, who seeks out Bond filming locations when he travels, has visited many of the sites in Nassau seen in Thunderball. One memory I always associate with this movie is the theme song. My mother was a big fan of singer Tom Jones, so this movie always makes me think of her. We were fortunate to meet actress Luciana Paluzzi at NostalgiaCon a few years ago, and it was terrific to hear her talk about filming the movie. And now it's time for a segment we're calling 007 Hits and Misses, when we share our thoughts on two low points and seven high points in the film. For me, the big low in this film is during the sequence when we learn about Angelo. 
the man who has undergone plastic surgery to replace the Air Force pilot. There's a long sequence where it's explained to us that he's been training for this mission for two years. And yet, before he leaves the room, he makes two obvious mistakes that would have given him away. That just didn't seem to fit when we've just had this detailed, intricate plan explained to us. While I love the use of underwater filming and getting to experience all the great action in the ocean, I do think the editing could have been tighter. So my low is that there are too many long sequences that don't move the story forward. That slowed some of those segments down too much and made them lose momentum. A few small cuts would improve the pacing, in my opinion. This is another great film, so once again it was both difficult to find two lows and even more difficult to limit the number of high points to only seven. But here are our top seven hits. Number seven. I love the jetpack, and the scene is even more fun to watch, knowing it was a real Bell Aerosystems rocket belt and was flown by one of only two people who were trained in its use at the time. Number six. It's fun seeing all of the other 00 agents, even though it's from the backs of their chairs. Number five. The scene of the plane landing using underwater runway lights, and then it slowly sinks into place. That whole sequence is terrific. Number four. The scene when Bond returns to his room and reveals the tape recorder he left running while he was away. It's fun watching him figure out where someone is hiding in his room from the recording of the footsteps. Number three. It was so funny that Luciana Polizzi's driving actually made Bond nervous. I liked seeing him squirm in the passenger seat for a change. Number two. The scene where Bond uses Luciana Paluzzi as a shield to block the bullet intended for him. Yes, it's unbelievable that he could time it so precisely, but it's still a terrific scene. And there are so many excellent James Bond lines in the film that I had to choose one for first place. I almost chose the scene where Domino tells Bond he has sharp eyes, and he replies, Wait until you get to my teeth. But the best line in the film was when Bond tells Largo, Yes, I thought I saw a specter at your shoulder. A big thank you to our friends Jared, Jason, Delvin, and Pat for letting us share our thoughts. Thank you, friends, for this excellent podcast. Remember, we're RAD. R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren. Gentlemen, what do you got for RAD? I I think that they get a lot done in, how long was that? Three minutes? Three three or four minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like they've done this before. (laughs) <laughs> and they should write a book us, or something it took us like an hour and a half to get through like four of those points <laughs> <laughs> I noticed they, they brought up the Kevin McClory thing mm-hmm. that, we didn't talk about that scene where she was driving Bond back to the hotel and he was not he was yeah. not liking it <laughs> well that was one of my favorite lines from the movie is, is, uh, she, she makes that flipping comment said uh, some men don't like to be driven and he said no some men just don't like to be taken for a ride yeah, good one. Yeah, yeah. As a pun guy, I still like see you later, irrigator. But you know, I'm a simple guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that uh, Ruth agreed with me that they could edit the water scenes a little bit better. Yeah, cut the time down. Uh, Thank you, Ruth. I appreciate that. Nah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts, boys? No, I think uh, I really appreciate Darren and Ruth doing that. Uh, they bring some interesting facts along mm-hmm. that um, in a concise format we, we don't think about. And, <laughs> yeah, in a concise format and, and sound better. We than should really just like Thank bumper the, that, you know, like here's Ruth and Darren, and that's the show. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next time. Yeah, yeah, they really covered all of, of our points in, in a significantly <laughs> shorter amount of time. We'll, we'll try to do better. Oh, goodness. Uh, no, we won't. We always say we will, but we don't. <laughs> well, thanks for sending that in, Ruth and Darren. And uh, as a reminder, you can check out their myriad of podcasts, which include Xenozoic, Xenophiles, 
Trekker Talk, which is not about Star Trek, and Warlord Worlds. They all come highly recommended. I think they have another one. Pat, you always remember it, but I don't. What's You know what their fourth one is? Sensational Sleuths. Sensational Sleuths. There you go. Uh, just going over to our uh, – see what's going on on Twitter and the mailbag there. Just a little bit this week, so we won't be running too long. Uh, we did run a poll not long before we started recording uh, about who would win tonight's uh, Rookie Agents oh, Challenge. And uh, good, good, good on you, everyone. You guessed right. Pat won the poll by six. He got 62% of the vote. So the, the oh, world was against you, Dark Web, but you'll be I, back. I don't like I don't like that. Yeah. I, don't like that <laughs> I don't like that poll. I don't like Pat. I don't like those oh. questions. Because doesn't like you. Either. Hate, 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 hate. This one is gonna hate, hate. This could this could spawn a bit of of conversation, but I'm interested in this. We also threw this poll out since we got to our fourth movie, and you could have up to four things on a poll. I had the general public rank order the James Bond films one through four through the voting process. So before I get to what the general public said, who would like to Jason one through four, the first first four Bond movies. How would you rank them? How would I personally rank them? Yeah, or how, how do you... I think the fans did? No, how, oh, we're going to do what you personally think. I'll see what Pat and Delvin think, what I think, and then we'll tell you what the what the fans said. My personal favorite is Thunderball from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Dr. No. Okay. Delvin? Goldfinger, Dr. No from Russia with Love, Thunderball. Okay. Pat? Are we ranking top to bottom? Yeah, yeah we're not going left right. or right. Okay. <laughs> My personal would be Goldfinger... Thunderball from Russia with Love, Dr. No. Yeah. Which is going totally against your scores, the martinis that you're giving <laughs> I, it, man. I wonder if Jason was going to jump on that, but okay. <laughs> what? What do you mean? You gave. I said Goldfinger. You gave How did Goldfinger this guy win seven. again? <laughs> yeah, you Goldfinger's gave Goldfinger my top. a seven. You gave Dr. No a six. You gave. I gave Dr. No a six. Yes, you gave Dr. No a six. You gave From Russia with Love a Five and you gave. Well, remember, at the time I saw Doctor No, I had not seen any of these other three movies. And then you gave Thunderball a four. So I'm. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll dive into that deep well in a minute. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm a very. Hey, you're complicated. I'm, inter- I'm, I'm Christados. Hey, it's Christados. <laughs> hey, it's Christados. <laughs> I'm international man of mystery. I'm Where would you put Silver It's Christados. <laughs> Where would you rank Silverhand? Um. I uh, I'd go Goldfinger from Russia with Love, Doctor No Thunderball, and none of us, none of us, by the way, I was keeping track of this, picked uh, exactly how it went on the. Is Thunderball your top or bottom, Pat? Come on, <laughs> Thunderball is his bottom, Pat. That's Pat they bottom. go, they oh, go yeah. top to bottom. Uh, so anyway, the okay. uh, the the Twitter polls, Goldfinger. Out, keep in mind, there's four things here. Goldfinger got 49 percent of the vote, so it was a runaway. As the number one. The number two was with 31% of the vote was from Rush with Love. Number three was Thunderball with 16%. And Dr. No only got 4% from the. And we had 45 people vote. So it was a fair amount of folks involved. I wanted to vote on it, but I hadn't seen uh, Thunderball at that point. So. Oh, okay. Right. I would have been voting in the blind. In the blind. All right. Final comments. When we threw this out on Twitter to see who wanted to. Make comments to be part of the show. We only had one this week. You guys, are, you guys are slipping on us out there. But our old buddy Don Zuderman checked in and said, are you guys going to just discuss the incredible soundtrack, wonderful underwater music, and of course the return of Barry's own 007 theme? Also, Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, 
The bassy version is one of my favorite songs, and that never made it as a theme song. Maybe you could play some tracks. Uh, my quick response to that, Don, is uh, we, I think once we finish the films, we might do some bonus episodes. I've kicked around maybe doing some of the Music of Bond stuff with the team here. We'll talk about that. Uh, we did talk about how we felt about underwater music, though, didn't we, fellas? <laughs> it was soothing. <laughs> Too soothing. For Too some. soothing. And um, he brings up a great point. Uh, the Thunderball theme that we talked about, Tom Jones, was a very last minute add-on to the movie. Uh, they were really kind of leaning towards doing the Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang song, which I think officially on the soundtrack for this one is a Dion Warwick, I think. And they had a version by Shirley Bassey. And I, I, I don't rightly remember how that fell out of favor. And we may talk about that, like I said, on a future episode. But if you're really, really nice to Pat, Maybe he'll go find the Shirley Bassey version and play it over the end credits of this episode. I don't know. We'll have to find out if he'll do it or not. I would like to add, though, Jared, if I may, that um, the James Bond radio guys do really good in-depth yes. analysis yes. of the Bond albums. Right now, they just released their Diamonds Are Pay. Um, it's phenomenal. They do they do a great job. They play the album uh, start to finish and and uh, doing a that tells some yeah. great, great stories. So if you, and they've, if, they've done the Thunderball one, and you can go get that story, but I just don't remember what it is off the top of my head. Yeah, so if you're really jonesing for some uh, Bond music, um, James Bond radio guys have got some got the fix for, for what you're itching. Uh, anybody else? Uh, thoughts for Don Zuderman's comment? Pat, Delvin? I mean, you can tell that the guy just had an affection for it, and, that, and that's really cool. So if we're able to oblige him in any way you know, with uh, DJ Cristados, you know, dropping a few tracks for him to make it worth his while, I think we should do it. Uh, Got to find out whether or not Cristados is in a good mood or not. Yep. Dark Web mm-hmm. has we'll see how the editing goes. All right, folks, that brings us to a close on this episode of MI6 Rookie Agents. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the crew and want to hear more from them, but in the realm of comic books, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can we find that? The Longbox Crusade can be found on the Twitter at Longbox Crusade, otherwise on Facebook at Longbox Crusade. You can also find it on iTunes and any other podcatching podcaster that you can find. <laughs> Application that you can. <laughs> Whatever. Podcast is out there. That's, oh. Find the search box, put Longbox Crusade in it, see what happens. <laughs> You'll find it. It'll happen. Oh, my goodness. Thanks. It's magic. <laughs> thanks to the fellows for taking you on yet another dangerous mission. And thanks to the listeners who tuned in. If you'd like to leave a question or comment on this or any of our other episodes, feel free to contact the show on Twitter at OHMSPOD or email us at OHMSPOD at Outlook.com. Or you can contact any of us directly on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Yard Sale Artist. On Facebook, I'm also Yard Sale Artist. Uh, Jason, where can they find you? Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Weasel Skull. Facebook, I'm uh, Jason Albrick, and that's spelled A L B E R I C H. Just think I'll be rich. I'm also Jason Albrick on Instagram. Pat? You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. That's where you'll find me. Nice. Delvin? Uh, you can find me on Twitter also, uh, D E E underscore R A Y. One nine seven seven. He's nuts. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, finally, four episodes later, I got it. We hope to hear from you soon. And the next episode of MI6 Rookie Agents will feature You Only Live Twice. And remember, on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, we'll return. He's tall.
why the zero is double Miss the kiss, kiss, bam, bam He's suave and he's smooth And he can soothe you like vanilla The gentleman's a killer Mr. Kiss, Kiss, Bam, Bam Damoiselle's in danger I feel the stranger's past Like a knife, he cuts through life Like every day's the last He's fast and he's cool He's from the school that loves and leaves him a pity if it grieves them, Mr. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bangs. Not a Damoiselles and danger. Oh, well, once when I was with Anne in Tokyo, we had an interesting experience. Outtakes. Thank you, Miss Money Penny. That's all. That's all. <laughs> What's up? Hey, man. <laughs> no, a little more higher, Jason. With enthusiasm. Like you mean it. Like you're really going to do it. <laughs> you're going to do it live. Are we all hands on here? Where's Pat? I'm out here. I'm letting oh, you talk. okay. I'm just not shutting up with Pat talk. Listen, you guys all about Thunderball here. I'm all set for it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm tired. Make me sleepy. <laughs> I can't pay attention for more than 10 minutes. I comment, but I'm saving it. <laughs> oh, I know you are. I can, I can feel it trying to get out your lips right now. Love it. That's beautiful. Everybody's just rolling. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of became our battle cry for <laughs> You ready to roll? <laughs> <laughs> On the range. Open fire. I always love you, Jerry. Well, I heard the sarcasm a little bit, but uh, <laughs> what is? I believe in it again, so let's go. Okay. Bittersweet memories. Memories. <laughs> I'm taking with me. Oh, <laughs> it's warming up. Warming up from Flex of the Golden Pies. <laughs> Oh my God. Real short. We're talking 20, 30 minute episodes where we just. Liar! 
<laughs> well, that will change the, the on level of interest. <laughs> if you guys are both interested, then I'm not making that promise anymore. But 35 minutes. The plan, the plan is. <laughs> so you guys already know about Albert R. Broccoli being the producer on the Bond films. Cubby, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Cubby to his friends. Uh, he and Harry Broccoli and cheese. He he and Harry Salzman did a did the front Salisbury. <laughs> did the front steak? I'm gonna punch you. Nine, I think nine or ten, and then Harry Salzman left, and it was just Cubby Salisbury and broccoli. And then <laughs> I think so. I got you. Anyway, five <laughs> I still love the 12 Days of Crusade. I did too, man. I was really proud of that. Yeah. That's, that's a, good. That's kind of like, you know, it's one of my greatest achievements of my life, you know. Gra- <laughs> Put that on the tombstone. Gra- graduating college, get yeah, honorable discharge uh, from the military, my combat patch, 12 Days of Crusade, my kids, kids. somewhere in yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we better Let's get do it live. Let's get Delvin some sleep tonight. Yep. Yay, sleep. No right. sleep for Dana. Delvin. Stop it, Jason. Stop it. All right. Fuck on the pedal, got an Air Force he does have an Air Force medal. Man, man, got an Air Force medal. I'm my All right, everybody calm down. That's how Van Plexico feels when I'm on his show. Speaking of James Bond, let's do this. Yep, let's do it live, Jared. Make him hear it, make him feel it, make him believe it. Would When would, would you want to redo it then? Uh, I'm not an idea guy. I just come and yeah. do the podcast. Uh, we're probably going to be a dick team. That's, <laughs> as opposed to when I'm on. That's <laughs> yeah, not the big change. I'm, yeah, I've got two episodes coming out, which I, I have no supervision <laughs> over. I just can't wait to hear what you all said about me. That's a wrap, boys. Thunder, 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 Silver hands. My hands are full of silver. <laughs> Smooth up in ya. <laughs> Don't make me you quiver. Good job, When I Pete. touch you with my silver hands. <laughs> Whoa, watch out. <laughs> and that's a wrap for this episode of Longbox Crusade Elseworlds. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll see you around the alternate dimensions in the future. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Joseflin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-99. You will not regret it. <laughs>